welcome back to Turf Talk. My name is Lewis Tomlinson. As per usual, I'm joined on the other end of the line by James Watson. How are we doing, pal? Smashing, yeah. Uh, looking forward to this so-called Super Saturday that is... Well, there's a lot of racing, let's just say that. I wouldn't say there's much, there's not as much quality as probably we'd have liked. But, uh, yeah, looking forward to this weekend's action. The Irish Oaks, John Smith's Cup and uh, a lot of northern racing, which is good to see. Yeah, well, we might as well put it or not. We are recording this at half ten on Thursday evening. So, if we're both sounding a little bit, of, I wouldn't quite say worse for wear, but draining weeks for both the boys down in the playoffs and down to Borough Mud tomorrow. And that has been absolutely manic sorting everything for that. And uh, the restaurant's back up and running as well. The best restaurant in Bury, barring Goshen Spice, obviously. <laughs> That's not in Bury, technically. We're not having that. Although I did see, again, before we've even managed to talk about racing, I've started talking about takeaways. But uh, I drove past a, an Italian called Capri this week in Harbury, in the <laughs> Wakefield. <laughs> So, so that's another one for the list. Uh, we'll start just talking about a bit of the action from the July meeting last weekend, and obviously the centrepiece of that is the July Cup. Uh, and a first Group 1 win for Roger Teal, Kieran Fallon with Oxted, taking his form to another level this season. Jim, this was good. Yeah, I was really impressed with the performance, and you, you sort of sort of mentioned him when he won the Abenant at Newmarket that he could be a horse that maybe bigger things were to come from him and it, it, this certainly showed that he, he just sat behind the leaders Golden Horn uh, Hard set his own furrow up the rail and Kieran Fallon it was a very very good ride for a man with not much experience in group one quality um, he sat and tracked the leaders got him rolling and then he just kept finding from the front and uh, won impressively in the end I thought and he, he, and it screamed to me at the end of that um, whether five, drop back to five would bother him because there was a lot of talk of him going for Nunthorpe and that Nunthorpe could end up looking quite hot uh, the way that it's looking out. However, Oxted very, very good performance in this. Uh, there's been question marks whether this race was that good. Um, I think it was fairly solid enough. Um, Sceptical ran okay in behind, just didn't stay once again, which I thought he didn't last time out. I thought he was worried out of it late on, and he's dropping down to the Nunthorpe. Golden Horde was a disappointed. I don't think I was disappointed because I was. I wasn't. Wouldn't be surprised if that was going to happen in the end. I sort of talked myself out of him in the end. I, I, I was more disappointed in Hello Umzain than I was Golden Horde. Um, however, Golden Horde didn't do too badly stepping up against his elders. Uh, it was a weirdish race, I thought. Maybe maybe the lack of atmosphere, but Roger Teal certainly provided that to bring him his first Group 1. Uh, I think the whole of Newmarket could hear him shouting, uh, come on, Kieran, in the final furlong. Uh, but, yeah, nice, just a nice, good, heartwarming story, because after all this that we've had, it's nice to see a little trainer and an apprentice jockey getting a Group 1. And I, I can't remember the last time an apprentice won a group one, if I'm being off the top of my head. No, I mean, either, I, I, I think I had seen it at some point in this week, but it's, it's not been in our lifetimes, Jim. 80s or something like that, I think. Uh, the form in behind Oxton stacks up quite well. Like you'd say, Golden Horde probably not quite at his best, nor was Hello Humesane. Good run from Skeptical. Probably, I'd say, this is a career best from Kadem as well. So I think the right ones were in behind. I do think, though, that this is a division where they will just be beating each other. Yeah, they'll face each other every month and there'll be a different outcome every time. And Brando back in sixth as well did just enough to allow <laughs> people to be able to make a case for him next time out, which I'm sure is going to happen. Uh, ran all right, to be fair, at 50s. He did, to be honest, because he broke horrendously. He was far too slow away. And then I, there was a there was a very brief moment in that race where my heart thought, surely Brando can't win this. But luckily, he didn't find the turbo. I, w- I wouldn't be surprised if he's sceptical won a group on this season. I think he's entirely good enough. I wouldn't put it past Golden Horde winning another as well. Like you say, slightly disappointed by him, but I don't think it, was, it wasn't It was dreadful, was it? No, it could have been a lot worse. It could have been threat. <laughs> oh, yeah. 
Yeah, that was yeah disappointing from him. What would you do with Fret now, actually, Jim? Because he's, he's he's not done it this season at all. There's, I, I don't know. I, I, I genuinely, I thought he travelled with enough enthusiasm last season to think that I thought stick him at six from the beginning. They obviously wanted to try and make him into a miler. And that, he just scraped home in that champagne stakes at Doncaster over seven. I'd try and just drop him in class a bit. Um, keep him over six, but drop him in class. Maybe a little confidence booster or something. Even a condi- I know this might sound stupid, but a conditions race. I think there's a six furlong conditions race at Haydock. Uh, something like that, just to give him a bit of a confidence boost. Because he, he just looks like a horse that's not enjoying it as much as he did last season. Because he was ultra consistent, wasn't he? Yeah, that's true, mate. We'll move on to the other group, one of them eating the Falmouth, won by Nazif uh, in a head-bobbing finish with Billsdenbrook and Taylor Bellum. Uh, done nothing but progress this season, Jim, and, well, she's a Group 1 winner. Yeah, I was quite quick to brush her aside when we were previewing this race, because her Ascot win was workmanlike and quite needed a good stalking along in the Duke of Cambridge to, to get past... And it was sort of the same here. Um, I thought with two furlongs to go, I thought it was Terry Bellums to lose. Um, I thought this was finally a chance to get that group one. Uh, and she, she was just denied. Um, again, I think Nazif is probably a horse that I haven't appreciated as much as I probably should do. Um, purely because I thought that John Gosden had a better horse in his stables next to her. Um, Bills and Brooks run a cracker as well in that form of Falmouth. Uh, she's a, a tough, tough mare. To say that she got beat at six lengths at Chelmsford in a listed race last time out, but I thought she should be winning easy. To then go and put up another great performance to prove that 1,000 guineas win wasn't probably a fluke. Uh, even better performance. But um, one master I even thought ran fairly well in behind, thinking that she doesn't. I'm not particularly of the idea that she wants a mile. Um, but four nice mares and fillies, and hopefully that they'll all reappose later on in the season. Yeah, I don't think any of them would be low form, if I'm honest. Probably Terrabellum. Terrabellum, you'd have expected her to win this, on the back of what she did in the Queen Anne. But it's not like she's been beaten by mugs. Yeah. Ethan Bilsden Brook. You know, one master isn't at her best over this trip. I think everyone knows that, and that, you know, back over seven, she'll continue to be a threat. Agincourt and under the stars have run to their level. In behind as well, I don't think they've done particularly badly, but that's just as good as they are. Uh, races like the Sun Chariot, Jim, again, you'd, you wouldn't rule the first three out of winning that later in the season. Yeah, you'd, you, I, I certainly see them three re-opposing each other, and there may well be a different result this time. I think Terra Bellum just needs a bit of a break now. Um She's had quite a vigorous campaign so far. And more races than she took in last season. Of course, we didn't see her as a two-year-old. So maybe just a bit of a break. Maybe we might see a later season for her. Uh, hopefully, she will get a group one because I think she's a terrific mare at Philly. So. Would you stick her back up in trip? Obviously, if the first five starts of her career are all over 10 furlongs. She won the daily over 10 furlongs. Yeah, I'm of the opinion that they were, if it's not broke don't fix it so um, they've tried to make her into a miler they've obviously got Nazif who's ideal at a mile might as well keep her there and split the two up might they yeah I mean I, I know you say if it ain't broke don't fix it but she has been second in the Queen Anne you know what I mean she's she, she's clearly very capable over a mile on a going day and she probably will win a group on at some point in this season, you'd be fuming if you were if you were John Gosden and you and you weren't able to get a Group One out of this horse, you know, in when she's kept to her own sex. Uh, something like the Nassau, I, I think, would be interesting if she rocked up for that. Uh, like we say, Nazif's just really, really likable, really straightforward, and has taken a step forward with every run. And Billsden Brook, we know exactly what she's when she, you know when when things go right for her. She's always a threat in these sort of things. I, w- I don't want to say inconsistent, because that makes it sound like I'm slighting her. And I don't, because I don't have a bad word to say about the filly. But 
you know, she's. I, I, I guess she's always one to be to be. That's better to side with at a price, at an each way price. Like she was going off at fourteens here, than when she was a short price favourite. Like she was sent off after beating Azif first time out at Kempton Watcher this this year season. Yeah. You know what I mean? She's she's a horse who I think tends to always represent more of an more of a punting proposition from an each way perspective. Yeah, she's to a, go and win. She's a tread carefully horse, isn't she? Yeah, that that's not a slight on her. I don't think there's there's a thing wrong with her attitude or anything. No. But that that would tend to be where she'd pique my interest a little bit more. Uh, moving back to the Thursday gym, the feature race there was the Princess of Wales of Stakes and Dame Malley, a brilliant ride by Holly Doyle, uh, for the now retiring Ed Vaughan uh, to beat call specialist Communique Desert Encounter back to his best in third as well, mate. Uh, really, really good performance from this filly. Stays forever and proper ground it out. Yeah, as well, very, very keen, Dame Malio, early on. Um, they weren't going that much of a tempo. Um, Holly Doyle grabbed the bull by the horn and thought, stuff this, we're going from the front. Um, and I thought, as soon as Communique passed, I thought, well, that's it, game over. Uh, however, Dame Malio was game on the outside, on the far side, carried on. Head down, and and it was interesting after the race. Ed Vaughan said that Frankie Dittori rode her last season and said keep her away from softish ground because she didn't exactly enjoy it as much. Well, the ground was good to soft on Thursday, so it proves not all geniuses get it right every time, and um, it's great. Would you? Where would you go with Dame Malio next? That's that's the issue. It depends whether they'd want to uh, to drop her back a little bit, because uh, not backing trip, but backing grade, because she has won over further than this before. So there's there's the Lily Langtree that got his good yeah, for Phillies over a mile six, which I think is Enbihar's likely a destination as well. Uh, I don't know. Would you have a crack at something like the Vermeil? Yes, yeah, because that that's that was where I'd probably be leaning. She's got good. Well, she's run in France before winning that Group Two at Deauville. So it's clear that she likes him. She must like some little bit of dig underfoot, even though quite a lot of the form is on good to firm. And Frankie Vittori said, "Don't run her on that again." But I, I wouldn't be exactly hell bent on not going for, for softest ground, and, that, and that's normally what it is in in France. Uh, Communicate just looked tired in the final furlong, I thought. Um, he didn't exactly look himself towards the end. And I, I know he's been a bit off the boil this season, but I thought this was his, possibly his biggest chance. And MBR was nothing but disappointed, I don't think. I, I was expecting MBR to be a bit close and never really put in the race by Jim Crowley. Uh, must have just needed the run a bit. Um, but... Any, anyway, I'm sure MBR will be back, as you mentioned, for races later on down in the season. What is old Persian? You what? What is old Persian? Is he a... Is he a I, I, I do not understand what this horse is. He's a horse. Thank you. We'll move. <laughs> <laughs> but is he just... You know, I thought he looked really good in Maidan last year. And he did win the... And I know it's Woodbine. And I know we were slating Woodbine last week. And it's a good it's a good laugh, is Woodbine, isn't it? Because we can send one of our listed horses over there and go and get a group one and we cheer and we laugh at the Americans and the Canadians. But I don't know. I'd, I thought... I'd have liked, I was against Old Persian here, but again, I'd have liked to have seen something from him. Yeah, I'm with you. I'd I'd like to have seen a glimmer of hope from this performance, but it gave me absolutely nothing. Uh, After winning the Shima last year, I thought maybe could kick on again. Uh, Won the Great Voltage year if we're going right back. Um, I know, but like we said, Jimmy, we we made the point there where that he that he beat Cross Counter and Kew Gardens. Yeah, who were stayers? Yeah. and and he looked weak in the finish here. I, I don't know what you do with him. Uh, yeah, he's, he's, a, he's a horse seriously out of sorts. 
back to the drawing board, mate, completely. I don't know. I don't know whether you'd just try and find like a, <laughs> the easiest listed race possible. Yeah, it's surely there'll be one. Just get his head back in front and just just try and give him some sort of boost. I don't know. I have felt I have been disappointed with what old Persians done though since over the past say fourteen, fifteen months. I must admit. Uh, Two-year-old Jim, we'll talk a little bit about them as well. Dan Dalla won another group too. Took the, what used to be the Cherry Hinton. It's a Duchess, Duchess of Cambridge now. Yeah, it, it is. And uh, I also, I owe you an apology, Lewis, for the uh, Diamond Jubilee. Frankie Vittorio on the opening show called it the Golden Jubilee. So if Frankie says it, I'll let you off. It used to be. It was called that for a long time. I say we'll still be calling it the NSC in 30 years, lad. Uh, we've also had... Tactical win the July stakes. Master of the Seas took the superlative of them. Any particularly strong thoughts on those three, Jim? I thought Master of the Seas was very impressive. Um, I thought did a lot wrong in the race and still beat a, a solid enough field. Um, I thought he was quite keen early on and, and he still managed to get the job done. He raced on that far side as well and that, that near side rail was a bit of a golden highway on the on the early on in the week. So I thought he, he quickened away really impressively and I thought that it was a really good performance. And I thought the horse that finished fifth, Ventura Tormenta, I think this horse was bred by Kevin Blake, if I remember rightly. He was. Um, I thought he was very eye-catching. He travelled very, very strongly with a furlong to go and the tank absolutely emptied, dropping back to six. And he, I think he's a bit of a weapon. Uh, I'm really looking forward to him next time out. Just completely emptied late on and, and, the, and the rest passed him but he, he was one of my main eye catches of last week was in that race uh, Dan Daller I thought showed a bit of temperament going into the stalls and I didn't see any of that last time at Ascot that, that's a slight question mark for me uh, maybe that Ascot race took a bit more out of her than Calbert was probably expecting uh, I also think the softest ground wasn't to her favour she's not got an action that makes me think she's in love with it um, but nice to get a group two with her and hopefully we'll see a bit more of her later this season and tactical uh, very impressive for the Queen um, I think the Queen's got a nice one on her hands there Yeah I'm very very impressed by tactical I'd probably say if I was to pick which two year old so far this season I like most at this stage it'd be tactical big bit of a physical unit isn't it? looks very mm. forward looks very professional knows his job and he's quite talented yeah, and that's the complete opposite of what he was on debut. Because, uh, and it's clear that he learned from it because he was all at sea at Newmarket that time. Didn't want to go through gaps or anything, but he was, as you said, an ultimate prof- professional last time. Yeah, and before we just move into Ascot, just a bit, a quick one on Al Azi, winner of the Bahrain Trophy. Yeah, I'd, I was quite impressed by that performance. Um, I wasn't exactly sure that the step up to a mile and five would really be in his favour. I know he won over the mile and four in that novice race, but he was a bit of a nothing race last time. He's had quite a bit of a reputation from William Agus. He's always been a bit of a fan of him. Um, that that uh, Newmarket listed race has turned out to be a bit all right form, isn't it? Mishwiff won the French Derby. Volkenstar won that Group 3 in France the other day, and, and Alaz has won the Bahrain Trophy. Mo um, Koenig was beat by highest ground. I think that's a really nice race, and and he's obviously a candidate for the St. Ledger. But I think the second horse, Dawn Rising, is a horse not to be forgetting about in this, looking forward into the St. Ledger, because I wouldn't be surprised if he reversed the form with Alazi, because it was just another, I can't remember the other horse, I think it was Miss Yoda was trying to just sort of chivied him along next to him and that didn't help him if he if he got more of an easier lead on the front I thought he might have stole it a bit and he stayed on strongly in the end uh, I think Dawn Risings could reverse the form next time out That's interesting both nice horses to go forward with though uh, Ask Jim I think the best horse we saw this weekend was Mohaffa I think he'll beat Siskin in the Sussex Do you think? Do, I do, do at the think... prices I'd definitely be with Mohaffa because it's turning out to be a nice race, that Circus Maximus in there as well, and uh, Chemicals apparently going. Um, so yeah, it, it'll have to be um, very impressive from Mahatha. Um, we sh- 
I've sort of said that we quite liked him going into the Queen Anne uh, at Ascot, and he, and he certainly didn't disappoint here in the summer mile. Yeah, I just I didn't back him because I thought he'd be he'd become a bit over. But you know when unlucky losers um, run next time out, I always feel like we've got everyone thinks they're going to win, and then they get over over back to. I thought the price had slightly gone a bit, but two to one in the end looked like easy money, didn't it? Yeah, just just look, he's shaped like the third best horse in the race in the Queen on. and I think I think round the bend suits him better than. A straight mile. I think I think Goodwood will suit him more than Ascot. I think a speed focused mile is exactly what he wants. I think he's a proper animal. And in in the space of two months, the mile division has gone from being a bit of a job, you know, a bit of like the the clown division, with you know 115 horses, 115 rated. Sorry, you know, it's not the it's not the Cesaro, which is not 115 horses running. Uh, <laughs> Uh, but you know, uh, mediocre for top class, and it's suddenly turned into being the most exciting division in racing. Because Circus Maximus again, we're already saying no one's going to make a case for him. No, and no he'll probably go six to one and he'll run a cracker. He'll probably, yeah, exactly. You know, we, we've got the solid, likable grafter in Circus Maximus. You've got sexy Siskin, who overcame so much trouble last time out in the Irish Guineas, still unbeaten. You've got Mohaffa who. He's well back on track and he's fulfilling the promise he's showed. And then you've got Kamiko, who I wouldn't quite call it a... It's not quite a redemption mission. But it's a, it's a little bit of a... Right, let's let's go back to what we're good at. And let's let's make ourselves into a proper champion miler rather than, rather than trying other things. It's going to be a really, really good race. But, yeah, I, I can't find a flaw in... In Mahaffa's performance at the weekend, mate. No. Put the race to bed so easily. Yeah, and San Donato ran well as well. You're a, you mentioned him at the pre-season to me. Um, he 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 outrun what I thought he was going to do because I was surprised because um, Atzini went there to ride San Donato instead of going to there was the Chris was it finest sound of Chrisfords at Newmarket early on. And I thought he'd have gone to ride that, but there was obviously that that was the reason why. And, San Donato will certainly improve having been off for a year. Yeah, and we'll just go back to York on on Thursday as well, Jim. Highest ground beaten by Thunderous. What did you make of it? Um, I, I thought that he may have hit the front slightly early. Um, he's a horse that sort of was learning learning on the job last time at Haydock. Um, obviously, Franny Norton giving Thunderous 10 slaps was, was not exactly ideal. Um, Oshie Murphy stuck to the rules. Has that won the race quite clearly? Um, this is a debate that will carry on running and running and running. We saw Native River in the Gold Cup two, three years ago, winning and uh, Richard Johnson getting a whip ban. Thunderous, you could probably say, should he have kept the race if he'd been overwhipped in this? Probably not. Highest ground. He's still a nice horse. Uh, he's just not going to have a splashy profile, and or, or maybe not as exciting as we were possibly thinking. But I still think he's a horse that he could have seriously have a bit of fun with next season. I think he he could be a better as a four year old. Um, he, he was learning on the job. I just think he hit the front too soon. If he was to ride the race again, I'm sure he, he'd ride it differently. Yeah, looks a nice stay though, does Thunderous. Nice prospect to go forward with again, another horse representing that form line of Vulcan Star, who beat him in the fairway stakes last time out. They both pulled well clear, to be fair. Uh, highest ground, I can't say I was slightly disappointed. Look, I thought I thought he was going to be the best three-year-old colt in Europe. I might have got that slightly wrong. I don't think, I don't think the ride was optimised his chances. It wasn't a bad ride, but with the benefit of hindsight, you could say, yeah, maybe maybe he did go slightly too soon, but he, he just didn't put the race to bed. He didn't mm. put the race to bed, and it allowed the strongest stayer in Thunderous to take advantage. Yeah, and uh, but people are saying Thunderous stepping up to a mile and six for the St. Ledger. I'm, I'm not in that category. Um, maybe a mile and four, but stepping up four furlongs, 
I'm not I'm not having it. And I know there's not much else throughout the season that he could probably go for. But I'm, I'm, I wouldn't be with him if he's going for the St. Ledger. And the Musadora, Jim, this this was a really heartwarming victory by for the Philly I've got a lot of time for in Rose of Kildare. Didn't think she'd win it. Didn't think she'd win it, but she's she's just a Philly I've got a bit of a soft spot for. I like the fact that she was such a heavily campaigned two-year-old, almost a typical Mark Johnson two-year-old, who was winning group threes over six furlongs. You don't see him, you know, you don't see it too often where horses who look just like, you know, all right listed group level fillies as two-year-olds actually go and prove themselves to be quite smart over middle distances as well at three. It doesn't happen too often. Like, she, she ran in the Cheshire Stakes last year, and that was already a sixth start. Yeah, I know. Um, as you said, you don't often see them kick on into the three-year-old career, but to win the Moussadara, it's some training performance. Um, I know maybe this year's Moussadara wasn't as strong as, as most years, but there were some nicely bred horses in behind. Uh, but she's she's ground it out in the end, stayed on well over a trip that I didn't think she'd exactly be in love with. Um, however, she's done it well, and hopefully she can carry on winning for... A syndicate later on in the season, absolute bargain purchase. I think three grand or four grand off the top of my head, uh, which great little purchase by Mark Johnston. We saw what he did with Dark Vision a couple of years ago, sold him to Sheikh Mohammed and certainly made some serious money on him. And I'm sure Rose of Kildare Pete studs will be biting their hands off for, for her. Yeah, lovely filler. Anything else you want to mention from last weekend, Jimmy, or oh, in any of the handicaps? Uh, our, our horse that we were a fan of, Sam Cook, was far too keen. Uh, I think he'll be a lot better next time out. Um, time Bomb have upgraded him. Have they? Yeah. Um, nothing off top of my head that, that really jumped out. Uh, Dawn Rising, Sam Cook were the main two, the two horses that got beat that I thought were a lot better than what the results showed. Pin the two ball, Jim. Quick point on him. Yeah, he, was, he got the job done. He was good. Uh, I feel. I feel. I, I don't. I've never been. I know this sounds stupid, but even his two-year-old girl, I never lived. Never believed in his hype. Uh, I thought he did well to win on on Sunday because he was quite keen early on. I thought, uh, and he, he he just got the gaps and the turbo kicked in towards the end. Good performance. I thought Lope Fernandez was travelling like the best horse in the race. Um, however, Pinatubu got the better of him. Well done, he's got his group one. It'll be interesting to see what they do with him next. Breeders' Cup mile is the main target. I know that. Whether they'll have a race in the middle of it, I'm sure they will, because he's a horse that takes his racing well. So, good luck to him. Yeah, one thing, and this is going to sound after timey as anything. I didn't. I've not had a chance to really go through any of the cards. To be fair, this week I've been. It's probably been the least I've paid attention to racing for a couple of weeks. So busy have we had, we work, we sort in stuff at playoffs out. But I can't believe they let Melotro go off 40s and he placed. Damn it, I should have been on that. Because I thought he was the best horse in the Pavilion Stakes. Well, he was the best horse in the Pavilion Stakes. And he looked like a seven furlong horse all day long. And I, when, when, I, when I got in and I had a look at the results and I thought, Oh Jesus, Malotru was, was ran, and he's placed at forties. Bloody hell! Shouldn't I missed one there that I'd really like to be fair. But look, like we said, Pinatubo's got the job done. He's got his group one as a three-year-old. Does it add much to his stud value in general? I don't think so, particularly. No, I don't. He's got his good performances at at two, and he's he's out of Shamadel, which. That's gold dust now. I mean, to be fair, mate, his placed efforts in the Guineas and the St James's Palace were probably a level above of narrowly beating Lope Fernandez. Yeah, yeah, I'd say so. He's, he's won his group one on his worst performance of the season. <laughs> that's that's. I agree with you there. That, that, that that's not slating Pinatubo. That's just on basic form terms and what level he's ran to. But he could afford to because it was a worse race. Yeah, I agree. Uh, moving ahead then, Jim, to previewing this weekend. Like you've said, normally Super Saturday, 
Or was that last weekend? It's Super Saturdays has been split into two Saturdays this time, hasn't it? Uh, what is Super in Ireland is the Judmont Irish Oaks on Saturday evening, 7.15. Uh, and the bet general best price is 2-1 to one Joint Fav, Cayenne Pepper and Ennis Timon, 9-2 for Snow, 11s even. So uh, 12s is Laburnum, Declan McDonough on board in the grey colour, so that'll probably go and win for Aidan O'Brien. 14s, New York Girl and Passion, and 25s, Yaxine. Jim, two joint favourites, two fillies I've got a lot of time for as well. Where would you go? <laughs> I'm going to go neither of them. Snow. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm a fan of snow in this. Um, but I'll, I'll talk my reasons why I don't like the top two in the, uh, the market. KM Pepper was a Group 3 winner at two, fourth in the Phillies mile. Very, very... Certainly satisfactory return second in the pretty poly behind Magical. It's the stepping up two furlongs. I'm not exactly sure that KM Pepper wants a mile and four. I mean, the family on the mare's side isn't singing mile and four. A lot of good form at a mile and two. Australia normally, well, you're all right with mile and fours, but I'm, I just, something's niggling me in the back of my mind that I'm not exactly sure over over the distance, um, I think she's a very nice filly. It's, it's just I, I think a mile and two will probably be more up her street. And it's time and we saw in the uh, in the Oaks and in the Ribblesdale two good performances, finishing second, run better in the Oaks, getting the better of Frankly Darling this time. But she's done a lot of progression in a short amount of time. She's had three very quick races. Two of them in top class level. I'm just I'm just wary of the bounce factor of them performances. I don't know if there's any man to do it. It's Aidan O'Brien, um, but I feel like maybe it might have taken its toll. That that was a tough race last time, the Oaks, and you can tell because they're keeping love away for a, a bit now and sending her to the Yorkshire Oaks, which is l- later in August. So they give it some good time off. I'm, I'm just wary, wary of, of of the bounce factor. And Snow, sister to Kew Gardens, not exactly the flashiest of uh, form lines, but fairly consistent. Winner of the Munster Oaks last time. And I still think she looked fairly green under pressure. She learnt on the job. She was having a good look around late on. Stayed on very strongly. Does need to improve, but I, I'm, I'd rather be taking Snow at 5-6-1 to one than... Two to one apiece, Ennis Diamond and Cayenne Pepper. I can understand that. Though, I mean, if, if the bounce factor is a reason to be against Ennis Diamond, should it not be for Snow as well? She's had more runs in a short space of time. Yeah, but they've not been as competitive or as hard a races as, as Ennis Diamond's had. That's fair. That's fair. I like Ennis Diamond. I think she'll win this. I'd rather have Ennis Diamond over Cayenne Pepper. Yeah, look, if anyone if anyone listened to our preview podcast right at the start of the season <laughs> with Liam, I said Kaya Pepper would, would have been my Oaks pick right at the start of the year. She was all right in the Pretty Polly, and she's been beaten by a good one in Magic Club. But I just thought she was a bit flat and ring rusty. Even though she's finished second in a Group 1 on a first start in Open Company. But I, I, I never felt comfortable watching her during the race, I never once thought, you know, she, she looked quick enough. Yeah, and never thought she was going to trouble. Yeah, exactly. But as with any Ennis Timon, I I think she's actually quite a, a solid horse. I'd be surprised if she didn't have a really, really decent constitution. She comes across to me as a sort of horse who will take her racing. You know what I mean? She, she, mm. she had to graft for a long way in the Ribblesdale. And I don't think it seemed to affect her in the Oaks. I I can see where you're coming from, but I kind of see Ennis Timon as a sort of horse who is just gonna, you know, who is gonna be able to take a race in, and he's, he's gonna end up being a little bit of an iron filly. Uh, and I think her, her form in the race is the best. Yeah, her form you know, is certainly the best. She's she's taken a step forward with every run. She's she's only been beaten by an absolute worldie uh, in loving the Oaks. 
I think actually she was probably she was probably more superior to frankly dialing on the day than the distance between them three quarters of a length suggests because then his time and at some stage looked like she may have troubled love obviously love was in a di- different stratosphere but I, you never would have thought with frankly dialing that she's going to win this race but I, I think there's a point where, where if you'd backed any time and you'd have thought we might be in here uh, I, re- I really like the filly I really like the filly and I hope she goes and does it yeah uh, I, if, if there's anyone I want to win this race it's Ennis Diamond but I've, I've just got the question mark of them two top performances she's not had an easiest race I know Snow has probably had more races uh, has had more races um, but I, I think Ennis Diamond will get the gallop as well we saw even so in Lavernium Laburnum, sorry, last time out they took each other on fairly early on. They'll have a good pace to aim at. Um, I think that that's the way I'm looking at the race. Snow probably sitting behind KM Pepper, uh, behind Snow, and then Ernest Diamond towards the back of the field as as she normally is. Yeah, mate. Any, anything at a bigger price or is 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 the dis, is the disparity in quality now pretty clear? Yeah, they're probably even so if I was. She's a fairly high like a Joe Lyons. I think there's Group 3's races to be won with her this season, but not at this level. I think it's between the front three and the market, um, and I'm probably just going heart tell me, heart tell me, tells me any time and head tells me snow for value purposes only. Yeah, any time and for me in the Irish Oaks. A little bit of a tougher puzzle to solve is the big race on the Saturday in England. It's the John Smith's Cup Heritage Handicap over 10 furlongs at York. It's a meeting I'd normally like to go to, but obviously behind closed doors this year. And the general best price is 6-1 to one for Caradoc and Solid Stone. 10's 5th position, great example, Herovian. 11's Desert Icon, 12's Pivoine. And uh, 14's Good Birthday, Rise Hall, Sinjare, 16's Barlem. Jim, you told me you had the winner of this. Um, I did. <laughs> uh, but we've since changed our mind twice. Really? Um, because four, four and five-year-olds have a very good record in this in the last ten years. Eight of them uh, have won this race. Um, also, the draw is quite crucial in this. Um, I mean... I've always been of the opinion at York I'd rather be a lot wider than on the inside and the, and the stats are certainly showing this up um, a single berth is no ad, no disadvantage but it's more difficult to overcome it and obviously we saw it as they talk about the derby draw that um, it, whether you believe it or whether you don't um, however in the recent years we've seen double figure draws last seven renewals a runner drawn 20 or higher has won or been placed on five occasions and I'd be probably more in that camp and, and that's one of the reasons when looking into this race I've changed my mind a couple of times because the draws put me off. Um, my dart has landed on TN Darley for David O'Mara. He's had two good runs this season since joining him from Dermot Weld. Um, he's only had eight runs. He's, he's fairly lightly raced. And going into this big field handicap, he ran well last time at Epsom in the handicap that Sky Defender won. Um, he tracked the pace and, and got the run of run of the race more, more than he did. And he hung across the Epsom track down the camber, um, which when he finally hit the rail, he started going late on. I think the flatter track will be a lot better. Um, the draw is certainly no disadvantage. He is in stall. Where is he? Oh, we've lost it. He's in stall 19. So he's more higher drawn. We've seen what David O'Mara has done in previous years with these exports, and I know that he's, he's bought it from Dermot Weld, so there's probably not much more pro- progression to get out of him. However, we've seen he's a master of these. I, I, I think he's a decent price at 20s. Um, and my other shot that's not as positive as what it was early on in the is Archie Perkins. I, I think he's 
overpriced at 28. He's a winner. Yeah, he, he's just snuck in, and this is why I think he's interesting. He, winner over course and distance last season, uh, which was one of three wins that he, he got on ground varying from good to firm, good to soft. He sneaks in here off bottom weight after being put up three pounds after being ba- being beaten by Herovian last time, only a neck. Now Herovian is in this off uh, uh, running at ten to one, and he's at twenty eight to one, being beaten a small amount last time. Rowan Scott takes off a very valuable three pounds. Stables in good form. We saw him win, uh, Nigel Tinkler win the national stakes today. With you better believe it. I just feel like he's overpriced. At twenty-eight to one, the only thing putting me off is stall eight. But he's a horse that normally likes to get him settled in midfield. So I'm not exactly worried as much. But I think twenty-eight is a good price for him. And Tian Darley at twenties is solid each way value. Yeah, Rowan Scott there riding, taking three off Archie Perkins means he gets in off eighty-five. So a good chunk of weight there being given to him by the top ones. Uh, one of which I quite like, which is Desert Icon. Yeah. Uh, for Tom Marquand and William Haggis. Look, the case is obviously absolutely whomped them at Newmarket last time, didn't he? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, 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 think the, I think the race he ran in at the July meeting probably ended up being quite a decent one. Western Charmer won that. Uh, but back over course and distance last time out. At the July meeting, the Guineas meeting, sorry. Uh, last time out, just smacked him over 10 furlongs. Uh, and he's only been put up £9 for that, which I think is fairly generous. Uh, I, I think he won it in the manner of the style of a horse who could have gone up double figures and more you know, more than 10. It could have been 12, 13. Uh, the horse he beat there, Wait Forever, has been, has been running fairly consistently uh, in Maidan before that and... Was and back back in Britain as well. Prior to that, at the July at the July meeting again, the Guineas meeting. <laughs> uh, so I, I, I think he'd beaten an inform horse, or a horse who was at least holding his form. Uh, just absolutely smacked him, and is it's a sort of horse you can see potentially winning listed races if he keeps up this rate of progression. Uh, the other one I'd give a mention to is another one closer to the bottom, which is Sinjari, the other William Haggis horse in it. First run this season, he's been gelded in the off-season. But he was a good colt last year, held his form in the in the good three-year-old handicaps, went off favourite for the London Gold Cup, was only beaten a short head by Headman, who we know is obviously a group-quality group horse there. Also was placed in the race won by Forrest of Dean at, at Glorious Goodwood. Also was second behind a Parliament in a decent little handicap at Haydock. Well beaten on his last start, but that was over... Uh, a mile and a half. I think he's a ten furlong horse all day long. Uh, Fourteen to one, decent each way price. I'd, I'd be surprised if he didn't end up being better than a six uh, than a ninety-five horse. Yeah, I, 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 my only issue with the auto. Well, I, I, I prefer Sinjani over Desert Icon. The draw again, as I've mentioned, put slightly put me off a bit. Desert Icon, I'm not exactly sure. Like we, We've seen his best performances are in smaller fields, and this is his first time tackling a big field handicap. I think he might uh, he might struggle in, against more rivals. He, he seems to like to have his own way of things, like he made all last time, and he could dictate the pace. He's not going to be able to do that in this race. Um, Sinjari, we saw last season, as you mentioned, in the London Gold Cup, he only beating a short head. Um, Good performance. I'd probably be siding more with him for William Haggis than Desert Icon. Yeah, to be honest, mate, I think the likes of Solid Stone as well. There's another who ran in that London Gold Cup off 101. I know he's bang there at the top of the market. I could see him being better than a 101 horse. One first time up this season. Yeah, very well in that in that handicap at Sandown. Um, the form of that isn't exactly showing things, but he's he's a typical what you think of a Michael Stark progressing four-year-old handicapper. Um, I'm quite a bit against Caradoc. Um, I don't. I've never really warmed to him. Um, I think go to firm ground's the key to him. He was disappointing at Epsom, but maybe he needed that run. He was far too back. He was behind. Uh, T. N. Darley was in front of him that day. Um, I just feel like T. N. Darley's 
far too overpriced in, in comparison to this. Um, but a fascinating race. It, I think it's deep. Uh, however, I think each way could be the way in this. I, I don't. I don't really like many at the top of the market. Probably fifth position would be my favourite out of the lot. Um, I was impressed with how he readied up at Doncaster, but he's never been the most straightforward of horses to be racing. And I just feel like he might meet a bit of trouble in the race. That's fair, mate. That's very fair. Uh, you wanted to go back to Newbury, talk about the Rose Bowl stakes. I've got a feeling I know who you're going to put up. Um, go on. Who is it? Is it the short price favourite method? Yeah, I was very, very impressed with his return performance at, at well, his first time out performance, sorry, at Doncaster, who beat Fevrova, who we saw finish second behind Dan Dalla in the Duchess of Cambridge the other week. Um, that forms Frank. The fact that Marty Mead booked Ryan Moore first time out for a, for a media, uh, for a novice auction race shouts from the rooftops that he thinks he's got a nice one. Um, and he's obviously being advised to jump up to listed level next time. Um, he was quite slow away. He'll, he'll learn a lot from that. Uh, Ryan Moore sort of sent him on with two furlongs ago. Showed a lovely turn of pace. I think he could be a, quite a nice horse for this season. The, the Ventura Tormenta that I mentioned earlier on was entered in this, but obviously I think that's come too soon. I think this is a very very winnable race, and five to four is an outstanding price. Yeah, mate, really impressed with him first time out. It's a tidy little race, like you said, Imperial Yellow uh, for Varian and Atzini. Mikey Mikey Gurkha, of course ran away with his debut at Lingfield and ran well in the Windsor Castle as well. That form's working out quite well because Yazaman, who was runner-up in that race, also backed the form up, running well at the July meeting, as obviously did the winner tactical. And Mooker, uh, Philip Makin's horse, mm. went and won at York, if I, if I remember rightly, as well last week. Correct. And and he's, I'd love, I'd absolutely, I know they probably won, and I know the number, everyone's chucking everything at the number, power in there now. But I'd love to see Mucker in two-year-old getting all that weight in the Nunthorpe. That would proper fascinate me. Yeah, it'd be, it'd be a good, it'd be a good shot. Although I don't, I don't think he'd quite be good enough, if I'm honest, mate. But Method really is an exciting horse. Glad you flagged him up, pal. Any other races you want to talk about this weekend? The Hackwood Stakes. I think you, I think you said to me, pal. Yeah, the the Hackwood looks like. Well, it's, it's a nice race, isn't it, the Hackwood? <laughs> That's how I put it. You've seen the old boys, Judicial, Tidman, Summergand and Dakota Golds out. In recent years, it's I used to think it was a fair enough race. You you, you go back and see Deacon, Deacon Blues win it, good old Regal Parade. Um, in this, I'd, I'd, I like Reparty. Um I was impressed with his return at Windsor in the Carnival. Um, he, he didn't beat a lot to say it was a listed race, um, but his form as a, last season as a two-year-old was was fairly solid enough. Finishing second in uh, in a big field handicap, uh, big field two-year-old race at, at Doncaster, and finishing third behind threat in, in the uh, Jim Crack. Now, the form of that isn't exactly as strong as what we thought, but Malatru ran fairly well. I still think he could be... A bit, he's the progressive one in this out, out of them. Because um, there's a lot of... You sort of know where you stand with him. Because you could quite easily say Judicial could continue to carry on uh, the the parade, but it obviously carries the penalty. But I, I think Reparty at 9-1 to is a fair enough price. Mum's tipples also in this. Which with Ryan Moore rebooked. So remember what happened last time. I, I still believe there's a bit of faith with Mum's Stipple. I'm not, I'm not all gone with, with what he's done this season. Would you back him at 14s? Yeah, 14s is fair enough. Running against these golden oldies that have, don't get me wrong, are very very good golden oldies, but they've seen better better days. Uh, Mum's Stipple seen better days as well, in my opinion, mate. <laughs> not a single positive to take from what he's done this season uh, it's an interesting race mate there are a couple here stepping up into into group company against uh, you know from handicaps against horses who have been there done it like we said judicial is the right favourite undoubtedly you know the chip chase winner last time out came close to winning the palace house super likeable for Julie Camacho uh, shine so bright smart horse for King Power Summergan's in here. 
obviously, but I'm not I'm not going to tip him this time. It's not a big handicap. Yeah, because uh, it's not an Ascot handicap. <laughs> one who could be interesting, Jim, at a little bit of a price. What do you make of Tab Deed? He's one I put into consideration. Um, I mean, what? sorry, what were you going to say? No, go on, no, go on, mate. Sorry. Um, he's six in the uh, Benegoff Stakes. Was if anything, I, I was quite disappointed. I, I thought he, he could have done a bit better than that after winning that Ascot handicap. I thought he was classic group horse in a handicap sort of style thing. Um, that seasonal reappearance will have done him some bit of good. Owen Burroughs' horses have, have been running well in recent weeks. He's probably, he's still fairly unexposed, isn't he? Uh, even though he's a five-year-old. I still think there could be a bit more to come from him. Maybe Tab Deed and Repartee have been that too. Yeah, the form line from Tab Deed, who was beaten at Newcastle last time by Glenn Shields, working out quite well. Glenn Shields went close in a group three at Deauville last time out. Uh, it's boring, but I probably would be with Judicial. Yeah, it, it, he's your solid each way value. Um, this is certainly an each way race, five to on the field. Um, but I think Repetit uh, is, is, is the unexposed three year old that could possibly keep progressing after that return win. Yeah, that's very fair, mate. I think five to one for Judicial to win this when he's probably the most the most established of at this level. I know he's got to give a bit of weight away. Uh, is a very fair price. Although again, I'd be I'd be with you that I'd consider repartee as the biggest threat. Where do you want to go next, pal? Uh, Ireland on the Sunday. We can do. I'll let you kick off then, mate. Yeah, the early stud stakes, Phillies Group Two. Hopefully, we get to see frenetic of Jair Lyons. Uh, she's been nothing but frenetic in the last two starts. Uh, at the curve last time in that listed uh, race. Beat Mooney Esther by five lengths impressively. Colin Keane kept her to the to the near side and, and won very, very comfortably. Beating horses as well, like Chief Little Hawk, who you were a massive fan of after his first performance. Um, I, I think she could be a slight bit special. Uh, hopefully she turns up there. And also there's the... Is it the... Sapphire... The Sapphire Stakes, yes, there is. Is that the race where Rome? No, sorry, Romanized is in the Minstrel Stakes, which is on the Saturday. That'll be a good race. He's up against Aidan O'Brien's Lancaster House, who was a really impressive winner last time out. That's on the Saturday. The Sapphire Stakes is a Group Two on the Sunday, which are his favourite for Jim five to four. Make a challenge two to one, and there's a load of familiar Irish faces in there, speaking colours, buffer zone, etc., etc. Match race between the top two? Yeah, I think Alali, what he did last time, he sprung a surprise on, on all of us, really. Um, the race probably didn't wasn't as good as I was maybe expecting. Liberty Beach probably didn't perform far too keen once again. Uh, but they've supplemented Alali here. So, obviously, he's, he's, he's going fairly well at home. Five furlongs seems to be the thing. And I, I think it's his race to lose, really, if I'm being honest. Yeah, I'd agree with you on that. Maker Challenge did well winning last week as well. Uh, obviously, was a was a brilliant story for Dennis Hogan last last year. Format this season's probably been slightly better over five, to be fair. But yeah, I think Harley out and out is just a proper proper five furlong speedball, and I, I, I don't think any any anything else is as quick as him. Speaking colours, he's capable at this level, but I think he's better over further. Yeah, I think six furlongs is his bag. Um, six to seven. Yeah, I think seven's just pushing it. Maybe they keep giving him another year and hoping, well, we saw last time that he did, but I'm, I'm of the opinion that six is his ideal. And Jim, the, the race following that is a group two kill boy estate stakes for Phillies. A group, uh, over nine furlongs. And Jim Clear top rated in this is fleeting. Looks like a perfect opportunity for her. <laughs> She'll still find a way to finish second, though, won't she? <laughs> I mean, you'd be gutted if she can't win this. Where's the threat come from? Potentially Miss O'Connor? 
but she she wants a bog. Yeah, I'm I'm agreeing with you there. Um, there's there's not a lot really in that, is that it should be an open goal for Fleeting, but I said that about Terabellum and Hive Ground last week, and look what happened. So, one voice is a nice Philly though. Beat your pick for the Irish Oaks, no, last time out at Leopardstown. Yeah, still lightly raced, isn't she? Of course, as she's only a three-year-old. Um, just worried out of it late on, caught by a stable companion in that Salsa Beal Stakes. I thought that was a good performance. Come to win the race, but just nabbed on the line. Um, obviously, if Snow wins at the Irish Oaks, the price on, on one voice will certainly go, but... Uh, she's probably where you'd be looking next with Miss O'Connor, but it should be an open goal for Fleeting. Yeah, Lemister as well, another one who's won twice this season before the lockdown in Group 3 company in the Park Express Stakes, and then last time out in uh, in a listed race at Gorham Park, again, might be slightly better on slower ground, that one for Joe Lyon, so I'd be disappointed if Fleeting wasn't able to get the job done here. Anything else for you, Paul? I had a look at the Super Sprint, but I, I thought, pfft, not bothering with that. <laughs> I, I don't want to get embarrassed. No, I think, I think, mate, if we're trying to pick the winner of the Super Sprint before anything's even decked or drawn, uh, we I might think be that's time to hour. stop. <laughs> yeah. We might be here for another hour. Uh, thanks to everyone for tuning in to Turf Talk this week we know it's been a little bit more of a low-key episode but that's the way the world works sometimes isn't it uh, <laughs> uh, yeah uh, RTR Jim nap next best and reserve oh um, I think my nap of the weekend will be method in the Rose Bowl um, I think she's got a very uh, he's got a very very good chance sorry um, maybe I'll go. I'll go Tien Daly as my next best in the John Smith. We're going for a twenty to one shot. Um, and we'll go frenetic as my reserve in the early on the Sunday at the Curra. Uh, my nap, mate. I think I'm. I'm gonna go to York, mate, for the City Wall Stakes, which isn't a race we've touched on. Good little race, the sort of race I enjoy. Uh, Kea Moro's fab for that. There's also Equilateral, Major Jumbo, Alpha Delphine, Moskil, Tarbouche, all involved there. But I'm going to Apple Astronaut. Yeah. As solid as he come at this listed level. I am scared of Equilateral because he's capable. Yeah. And I prefer him over five. And we know Major Jumbo can compete over five. And peak Alpha Delphine, I know we've not seen him too often recently. Even though he's nine, if he's as good as he was, he should be winning this. But we know El Astronaut is banging form, and he's generally quite consistent. You know, seven to two. In fact, I don't, I'd go as far as saying he was improving at the back end of last season. Yeah. And confirmed that at Donny last time out. And of course, well, El Astronaut, he can't run and me not be on his side. <laughs> so he's a nap uh, for the weekend for me. My well, next best is Ennis Timon. Mm-hmm. Who is a filly I've got all the time in the world for. And I hope she goes and wins the Irish Oaks. I, th- I think she deserves one. I think she deserves one. Uh, took a belt, t- took an absolutely belter of a filly to get her done in the Oaks itself. Uh, I'm struggling for my next best. I've not mentioned the fact that J- former July Stakes winner communiques back out in the Silver Cup at York. That's a group three. Over a mile and six, it's a bit of a rubbish race. So, for the level Moonlight Spirit, who was last in the Gold Cup last time, is fab for that. Uh, I'll go Frenetic, Jim. Frenetic, are you with me? Yeah, as my reserve. She's just fun, isn't she? She's yeah. just an absolute bundle of speed. Straight, go out like a dart and just and just see what she can do and hopefully she she puts up a performance as impressive as she was last time out because like you said she is a fun filler. Yeah, she, she's full of speed and hopefully we can continue to see her good profile rise as well. Just a quick mention to a horse that's running that's entered on Sunday that we haven't seen an awful lot of is bomb proof. Um, we saw him get back to winning ways at Beverly after being so impressive in that yacht race. He's in a handicap on Sunday. 
he didn't exactly show me as much as I was probably hoping, but he had been off for a year, uh, been gelded and sorted out. So hopefully he can continue his winning form as well. Yeah, good luck with Bomproof. Exciting to see him back out. Uh, I think that's it from us. Uh, yeah, I think so. Uh, thanks a lot to everyone for listening in this week. Go and follow Rating the Races as well. Our friends over there, if you've not, they've been on fire recently, like Liam has, uh, with his Nagme selection. So make sure you, you give them a read as well if you if you go for the premium subscription. Absolutely brilliant content. And uh, we'll see you all again very soon. See you later.